Hey y'all, you're listening to the Faith Church Sermon Podcast. We are so excited that you're connecting with us today. It is our desire for you to grow as a result of the resources we provide here. We pray that this blesses you today as you seek to know Him more. So we've been working our way through the book of Romans, and one of the themes we keep talking about is humans, we're far worse than we're often willing to admit as sinful people, but God's grace is so much bigger, greater than what we could imagine. His love so deep to cover over the worst of the worst that I've done and you've done. And so when we get to watch baptisms, we see the stark contrast, right, of you see a life that's stuck in darkness and you see someone who has new hope and a fresh start and new life that's found in Christ, Jesus really changes everything. And so it's kind of fun to walk through that and see real life change in the baptism stories. You'll notice the question we ask over and over, did you notice it? It's these two questions. Have you put all your hope in Jesus Christ for this life and the life to come? And Is it your desire to walk with Jesus no matter the cost or consequence until you see him face to face? We ask these questions over and over and over again at every person that comes forward. Do you know that if someone said no, the baptism would stop? If someone answered no to either of these two questions, it would come to a screeching halt. And these aren't our questions. These questions have been asked by the Church of Jesus Christ to people for 2,000 years, asking this question, these questions, and then baptizing people. So we stand on the shoulders of people that have gone before us, and it's worth asking why. Like, why do we ask these two questions? Where does it come from? There's many different places I could point to in the Bible, but we recently talked about a verse that I think helps us anchor us into these two questions found in John chapter 3, verse 36, There's a conversation happening about Jesus in baptism, and John the Baptist actually uses this phrase that helps us understand baptism, but also helps us understand the good news of Jesus Christ. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life, but whoever rejects the Son will not see life, for God's wrath remains on them. As we've journeyed through the book of Romans, we've talked about this over and over, that all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, right? That there's no one person or no type of sin that's better or worse, no one superior, no one inferior, no certain sin that's superior, no certain sin that's inferior. It's every one of us have fallen short of the glory of God. We have not aligned our lives to God. We have rejected God, all of us, every single one of us in our nature, in our attitude, in our actions. And God is holy and just. He's a good father who can't just look the other way because when I don't align my life to God, he knows I bring destruction on myself. When I fail to align my life to his life, I bring damage to me and to the people around me, and God hates that. And so his wrath is God's intense hatred towards sin. He hates when we destroy ourselves, and he must be just and right. He he can't just look the other way. He's not like this codependent, enabling grandfather figure that's like, oh, isn't Joe's sin so cute? Like, no, he hates it because he knows what it does to me into my family, into my community. And at the cross of Jesus Christ, we see that God pours his wrath out on Jesus 
So at the cross, we see both his justice and his love on display that he would absorb the wrath of God. Jesus, the perfect son on the cross, would absorb the wrath of God on his shoulders that I would be let free, that he takes my punishment. And this is where John says, if you believe, you have access to this work that Christ did on the cross. He did it for you and me. And when I believe, I access what he's done for me and for the world. And there's this dynamic exchange that happens. By believing, he takes my sinfulness upon his shoulders. And I get his righteousness and his right standing before God applied to my account. There's a transaction that happens when I believe. I get access to his perfect life and standing And he takes my sin, and it's removed as far as the east is from the west. So you hear the baptism question, have you put all your hope and trust in Jesus Christ for this life and the life to come? All your hope? Do you believe that there's nothing you can add, nothing you can subtract? There's no being good enough. There's no, I'm going to be better tomorrow. It's, I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and I'm saved, and I'm brought from death to life. I don't have to have good days and bad days now. I trust him, and it's his perfect standing that makes me right. Have you put all your hope and trust in Jesus for this life and the life to come? But notice that he also has this other phrase. He says, whoever believes in the Son has eternal life, but whoever rejects the Son will not see life. And so this very plain reading, we talked about this in the book of Roman, very plain reading that if you reject what Jesus has done on the cross or reject that you need help in any way, then you don't have life and you remain under the wrath of God. But this word reject in the translation is interesting because it has the tone of obedience. Actually, it's fascinating. Some English translations will describe it this way. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life, but whoever does not believe, whoever does not obey the Son will not see life. There's this aspect of it where rejecting him is saying, I don't believe in you and I won't obey you. But those who believe and obey have eternal life. They're intricately connected. In our world, we like to separate out, I believe, and I'll follow. But the biblical worldview is believing faith is obedient faith. They're connected together. They're inextricably bound. You cannot say, I believe in Jesus and not follow him in a biblical worldview. And by believing and obeying, that's where I experience new life. That's where I experience change and transformation in my believing and obeying. Why is this important? Because it's so easy to say, I believe in Jesus. It's much harder to say, I'll follow him. So many of us, so many people in our community, so many people in our country, so many people in our world will say, I believe in Jesus. I believe in God. Who wouldn't? If God's going to give you a get-out-of-jail-free card and not let you go to hell because you say, I believe, I'll raise my hand all day long. Absolutely. Sign me up. Right? I believe. But in a biblical worldview, you don't just say, I believe, and not follow. It's intricately bound, and that is the path of new life. Believe and obey and walk and follow him. It's so much more difficult to say, I'll walk with you, God, because there are times that what God wants me to do, I don't like, and I'd like to exchange God for a new one. 
I like to suppress truth and say I won't believe because that doesn't line up with my lifestyle. It doesn't line up with what I think or what I feel. I don't like that part of Christianity. I want the good stuff. I don't want the hard stuff. And so I believe until what God tells me to do runs up against my belief systems or my thoughts or my feelings or my sexuality or my money or my job. And then I go, I'm not following you. But then we wonder why we're not experiencing transformation and new life. You see, eternal life starts now. It's not about what's going to happen after we die. It starts now and goes all the way through eternity. And so if I am not experiencing new life, maybe it's because I just said I believe, but I'm not willing to follow. It's in the believing and the following that I experience newness, transformation. It's intricately bound together. And you might ask the question, how? How do I do this? Because we've all been struggling with this. This is a normal part of humanity to say, I believe in Jesus. I believe in God, but I don't know what it looks like to follow him, or I don't know how to do it, or when it gets hard, what do I do? And the Church of Jesus Christ for 2,000 years has been practicing very basic things to help all of us grow in our obedience. It's worship. You know, you don't come to church to get you out of hell. Coming to a building and singing songs with a priest or a pastor does nothing to change your eternal destiny at all. You can never be good enough or do enough good works. Not at all. We worship and gather together because I want to be surrounded by people and be reminded that I'm not alone, that I pray and I praise next to you and you pray and praise next to me to remind us of the goodness of God and fill up our hope tanks so we can go back into the world and live another six days and then we come back into the rest stop and get our hope tank filled so we can go back into the world and represent God. It will not change your eternal destiny but it will grow your obedience and faith by attending church. Community matters. I'm not designed to live this life alone. It is really hard to follow Jesus as you're raising kids and dealing with the stress and ups and downs of life and my spouse and money and all this stuff. I need my brothers and sisters around me who are going to remind me, who are going to encourage me, who are going to pray for me, who are going to support me. I need connection and community with other people. I can't do it by myself. I will fail and fall. But with community around me, I can be connected and cared for. Jesus said, I didn't come to planet Earth to be served, but to serve and to give my life as a ransom for many. And so as his sons and daughters, we're not to be takers, but givers, people that serve other people. And so you want to grow in your obedience and faith in God? Serve other people and stop being a taker at church or in community, but be a giver, someone who serves other people, and your faith will grow, and generosity matters. You know the amount of people that have given money so that we can sit here right now? The amount of decades of people that have gone before us that have taken out of their money and their budget when things are hard and they don't have enough money but they give anyway so that we could have this. And so we can hear the good news of Jesus Christ because other people sacrificed and gave money so that now we get the chance to give money so that people around the globe could have access to Jesus as followers of Christ. When you give and serve and live in community and stay worship together, this is the stuff that grows your obedience and your faith in Jesus Christ. You practice this and it changes how you believe and obey And so I'm going to ask you, have you put all your hope and trust in Jesus Christ for this life and the life to come? Nobody can answer that question for you. It's a personal question. Have you put all your hope? And that that word all matters because that means there's nothing you can add, nothing you can subtract. The work of Christ is 
finished. He died and rose again for you. Do you believe that and lean into that? Have you decided you're going to walk with Jesus no matter the cost or consequence until you see him face to face? This word desire is super important because I'm going to fail. If the question was, Joe, will you perfectly follow Jesus until you see him face to face? The answer would be no, because I can't. There's no way I could perfectly follow Jesus, but I can say, no, it is my desire. With everything I have, I want to follow Jesus. And then I ask him to help me. And when I make a mistake and I fail and fall, as a follower of Christ, I'm going to make mistakes. I'm going to fail. I'm going to fall. I recognize that in myself and I'm pursuing something that's wrong and I repent and I turn a totally different direction and say, now I'm going to walk with you, Jesus. I was walking away from you and I was doing my own thing and I failed and fall, but it is my desire to walk with you. So now I'm going to repent. I'm going to turn. I'm going to walk in with community and worship and giving and service. I'm going to grow in my ability to stay walking with Jesus, whatever comes. So here's something that's been helping me. Maybe it'll help you. I've just been asking myself these questions every day. Joe, today, will you put all your hope and trust in Jesus? Today. Instead of running to chips to comfort eat, or running to substances, or running to sex, or running to money, some thing, I'm going to run to Jesus. He is my only hope today. Ask yourself when you wake up today, will I put my hope and trust in Jesus, all of it, today? And is it my desire today to walk with Jesus? I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I, tomorrow may never come. Is it my desire today to walk with Jesus, to honor him, to please him, to obey him? Will I honor and walk with him today? Tomorrow may never come. And with his help, we can grow in our faith and obedience to him and begin to look more like him each and every day and represent him to our world. Would you pray with me? God, we need your help. We can't do this on our own. Even now, there are people maybe listening to this for the first time. And if you've never put your hope and trust in Jesus Christ, today is the day of your salvation. You can open your heart to Jesus right now with no magic words. He knows your heart. He sees you. Ask him to come into your heart and forgive you from your sins and you'll be made new. This is his promise. God, many of us have already made that decision, but today we want to honor you and we want to put our hope in you and not exchange you for cheap substitutes and not suppress your truth for lies. We want to put our hope and trust fully on you, not in ourselves, but on you because you're good and able to work in and through us and what you start, you will finish. God, it's our desire to walk and please you. This is hard. We fail, we fall. Help us to repent. Help us to get up. Help us to help others get up and walk together through life in a way that pleases you until we see you face to face. May your kingdom come. Your will be done right here, right now in my heart, in our hearts, until we see you face to face. We trust you. We need you. We ask this in Christ's name. Amen.